Welcome, everybody, to the Monster Baby Podcast. This is a curious romp through the world of mindfulness and improvisation. I'm your co-host, Ted DeMaison, and that's your co-host, Lisa Rowland. Yeah, we're together, your co-hosts, working in partnership to provide you with an experience of valor and vigor and and vitality. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all good. We're, yeah. we're, we're in it for you. We're in it for uh, you, people. Well, yeah, and for we like it, too. Yeah. Everybody benefits. It's a real win-win. <laughs> um, today we're talking about we're talking about a, a topic that Ted brought to us. Ted got inspired and brought to us, which is the joy of the little the joy of little things. How little things and paying attention to little things shows up in both mindfulness and improv. I just I think little things are cool, and details, details, details. We've we've talked about this in a number of different ways, but we haven't coalesced it in this package yeah it's nice so. it's nice to revisit some of it it's, a, it's also a really good reminder it's just a mm-hmm. good reminder to open open my eyes i, I want to encourage folks to listen for for a range in this episode you've got some mundane and you've got some profound so you know take your pick enjoy what you like a little yeah. smorgasbord of uh, little things for you mm, great well before we go to the episode just a quick question yeah. Is it smorgasbord or smorgasbord? And does it matter? Oh, is it a German word? Uh, sounds like it. So maybe there's like a German pronunciation of it, like a Bierstein and mm. a Bierstein. Okay, German Monster Baby listeners, is it smorgasbord or smorgasbord? Yeah. Or if it's a Swedish word, Swedish Monster Baby listeners, chime in, let us know. We'll be greatly appreciative i learned that word in by watching charlotte's web because templeton in like eating all the garbage templeton is the rat yeah things a song in which that word it appears and i didn't remember that until this very moment and now i want to go find that clip this is incredible so all of the things this kind of delight happens throughout the episode and we hope that you enjoy the smorgasbord <laughs> that it represents <laughs> but let's get you into it smorgasbord yeah okay great let's let him go thank you for listening episode 91 for those of you who are keeping track or who aren't but think that's interesting uh enjoy it this is also probably my last hour left episode for a little while because of the baby convention here we go bye rock on We're 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 in the liminal space. We're in this like in between. Big time. Big time. And uh, I wanted to I want to talk about the joy of little things. But I think first we need to just check in about we are the in, joy of your little thing that's we're on its way. We're on the brink of a big thing. Yeah, a big little thing. A big little thing. Yeah. I'm I'm surprised that we're even having this podcast. To be honest with you. Are you? Did you think that? Do you think that little thing would already be here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought there would be another monster baby in the world. Could have been. Well, there is one. That we just haven't laid eyes on them yet. Yeah, they're on the, the inside. Uh, now you just said him. Them. I said them. Oh, them. Them. Mm. We mm. haven't laid we haven't eyes, laid on, eyes on, on. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And reminder for our our listeners that the monster baby title. If you haven't listened to the episode number one in a long time came from an improv scene when Lisa and I first met each other. And in the scene, 
she was a baby that was born in a hospital that then turned out to be a monster baby, just like rampage through the well, hospital. Yeah, I was I was like a superhuman, like bionic, like super strong. Yeah, could walk upon leaving upon exiting the womb. Sort of like was was enormous. So yeah, I, I was think also I, agitated. In my agitated mind, too. I looked yeah, and agitated, like sort of rageful for some reason. But I think I looked like a human. I think I was a huge like a. Sure. Yeah, I yeah, wasn't yeah. like scared. I wasn't like Godzilla baby. I was just. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point. Right. No Godzilla. Wasn't a but, baby. It wasn't. I wasn't a baby monster. I was just this like yeah. monstrous baby. So now, and so now we're having, now there's going to be God, you know, God willing, that will not be my birth experience. If that happens, I'm going to be a little frightened and a little, I don't know, please is the right word, but I, I'm tickled. Well, like narratively satisfied. Yes. I will be more than a little frightened. But I, but I narration, Lisa, the narration will be so. <laughs> Incorporation. This is yeah. perfect. Yeah. Baby comes out and just like starts knocking powders over. And <laughs> right now, let's see. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right now, we are five days from from my due date. Mm-hmm. From forty weeks. And, and I'll say that you you seem to have a, um, an air of a plum. What does that mean? And, well, yeah, a plum is like. Well, that's a good question. Like how, it, how does that apply to this like, situation? It means settled and like you're just dealing with poise, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I wanted to use the term because I was in a meeting the other day where somebody was talking about mindfulness and teaching people to handle things with aplomb and resilience. And what I heard was teaching people to handle it with a plum. With a singular plum, with stone fruit. Yeah. And Brazilians. Plum and Brazilians. I mean, Brazilian, Brazil has a lot of fruit, so why not? Yeah, know? sure. Maybe that's an expression I'm unaware of with a plum and resilience. With a plum and so, in any case, funny. you seem to be your spirit is one of calm and relaxation, and you yeah. seem pretty grounded and not like running around panicky in any manner. I mean, no, my God, what. Uh, it's actually lovely. It's like really lovely. You know, I'm like, you've got all these work irons in the fire and I'm slowly taking all my iron irons out of the fire mm-hmm. and leaving me nothing to do, but like wait and ready my place and, and take care of myself and like take uh-huh. naps and make sure I'm hydrated. You know, it's like, I, I don't think I've ever spent so much effort and attention on on sort of being gentle with myself before. Right. What a, what a perfect time to do it. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's, it's crazy that I don't it. know how long, I don't know how big this window is. Right. I don't know how big this window is. Like, this thing could happen tomorrow. It could happen on Monday. It could happen, uh, it could happen 10 days from now. It could, you know, right. like, yeah. Cool time. Cool time. It's, dare I say, pregnant with possibilities. Oh. I mean, it just, (laughs) that was one of the stupider puns I've ever made. And yet I'm going to, I'm still going with it. You're committing. I like it. I'm still clocking. I'm going to count it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel pretty good.
I feel pretty good. Okay. Well, I offer you retroactive and preemptive congratulations. Like you've done great so far. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like, you know, I, no small feats to be pregnant, A, to be pregnant, B, to have your pregnancy during the pandemic when like the world is weird and, you know, kind of half checked out and who knows what else and you can't have all the contact with your regular people that you do. Oh, extrovert friend of mine. And, you know, you seem to be thriving and managing with aplomb and Brazilians. Thank you. Anything else you, you want to tell the listeners about about the the upcoming project, or leave it me, leave do you it mean down. the baby? No, I don't know. That I don't know anything else about it. I'm kind of having fun with metaphors these days, <laughs> like calling the baby an upcoming project, uh-huh. which is a direct result of my taking this class that you told me about, the improv class on magical realism as a oh genre. The coolest with Felipe Ortiz. He is an incredible improviser, lives in Bogota, Colombia. He's teaching a class at BATS, a four, four weeks, right? For a four-week yeah. series on magical realism. It's so beautiful and so imaginative and so fun. And I worked with him at a festival and then reached out to him to, to work with our company and to work with our school. And so it's like, yeah, at, the, at BATS in San Francisco. Yeah. So, of course, he's just calling in from Bogota. It's awesome. Right. And I haven't done an improv class in a long time. So my improv chops feel rusty and but I'm excited and nervous because I'm like, oh, can I still do this? And, and we had our first class on Saturday and we spent the first half of the class sort of getting used to the genre and what are the different elements. And so it's like spending a lot of time in details and people resisting technology and the magical realism is that like magic is normal and shows up in everyday life. It's like, yeah, whatever, there it is. Okay. So that's all right up my alley anyway. But then the the notion of using metaphor to describe going on and to just luxuriate and go deeper and deeper with the particular images. I had so much fun. Did, did I tell you about the image for darkness that I that showed up? No. So I, I was working with our buddy Andy Saroyan and just in a one-on-one breakout room, and I, I was improvising a story. So, okay, so this this girl is walking through this town, this village, and she's walking by all these thatched huts and she goes in and it's super dark. And then, so Felipe's direction was to spend time describing them. And, and I was like, I realized, oh, I need to tell how dark it is. And I said, it was as dark as a piece of ebony soaked in blackberry juice left to dry in the sun and then burned until it became charcoal again. <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? I especially like the blackberry juice, but like, it just was, my mind was yeah. just like feeding things up. And as I was talking, something came out. And then I've been thinking about it since and just amusing like, well, how, how, but how dark? And then I came up with, as if night were embarrassed for having let the stars shine and so went to hide in a closet, an onyx closet, and plugged the gaps in the door with the, a rope made of the mane of a black stallion. That dark, you know, and just you yeah. just keep going and going yeah. and going. I, I love it. 
I love it. So now, now I'm on fire and I like, I can't wait for Saturday and I don't it's know what we're going to cool. do, but yeah, it's so, be- it's so beautiful. It speaks to, it just like, yeah. it speaks to all the parts of my brain that love poetry and description and the richness of detail and, you know, and like really it's, it's very, it's really, it's very, very cool. It seems akin to uh, doing improvised Shakespeare too. Like some of the exercises you've given us when we do that is go ahead and let your emotions, just describe your emotions and use metaphor. And Yeah. Like so love it. Really it's delicious. Love it. yeah. It's delicious. And I'm thinking about that. That's cool. That's cool. Oh, I'm so happy you're taking that class. That's great. And that, that also tied in for, for this theme too, of the joy of little things. I, I just kept thinking, it's these tiny little descriptions like keep going, what else is there? And, and keep that spotlight of attention fixed on this object. And then the more we describe something, all of a sudden it takes on meaning and like, oh, why does this matter? But it does matter now. And like, <gasps> because we know so much about it that we didn't know. It was, yeah, we've spent time with it and we spent time with important things. Yeah. And so, but, but we didn't know how it was important until we spent the time with it. Until we spent the time with it, which is, <laughs> there's probably a lesson there. Which is? You don't know how important a thing is until you spend some time with it mm-hmm. or a person or a relationship or, a, right? Like it's easy to, it's easy to dislike someone when you haven't spent a lot of time with them. It's easy to, mm-hmm pass over somebody if you don't pay, really get into the details of them it's you know pass over somebody or something like it's easy to pass by something and then if you start to look with fresh eyes at at everything around you it's like oh like the world is full of wonder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's you're describing like we could pause on any moment and pluck it out i think so right i'm, I'm also reminded of the game which i think we've played on the podcast of tell that story yeah where you just kind of proceed along word associating back and forth, back and forth until something stands out and you say, Ooh, tell that story. It was like that notion of like, Hmm, doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. You Ooh. can tell any. Yeah. But that one, now right. we're onto something, but you needed yeah. the, that in between time to get there. But, but also I think probably there's a tell that story for any word. Probably so. So it's not like there's something special about, the word that you said tell that story it packed it piqued your curiosity but you could have you could dig down in any moment i think probably so maybe mm-hmm. so so uh did you get this idea for this topic out of that class or was there no i've had the idea for this topic for a while and what's inspiring to you about it or where did it come from or what what what, what do you want to dig into about it well for me, the notion of paying attention to small things is really inspiring. Uh-huh. And I think it's partly because I get daunted by big projects. I get daunted by super complexity and like, I'd rather just, what, what can I focus on? What can I focus on? And let me take care of that and trust that it will make a difference. It will take care of what needs to be taken care of. And so there's something really, uh, relieving and affirming about an approach that affirms small things. But there have been a few, a few um, metaphors or images that have been really helpful to me. One is that the one that I learned 
I've heard it lots of different places, but I really learned it in Thrive Academy, the business coaching group I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about going into a workshop, a weekend workshop, and a lot of people coming in thinking like, I'm going to make this big change in my life. I'm going to, you know, be bold. And I'm gonna, and the leaders were like, you know, you can just sort of set that aside for now. You might, but our goal is to make a 1% shift. Mm-hmm. And that may seem like not a lot, but if you take a, a, you know, a huge boat, like a huge tanker boat, they don't, move, they don't turn quickly. They take a lot of effort to turn. But if you make a one degree shift in heading and bearing, instead of ending up in London, you'll end up in, you know, the coast of France, if you're yeah. leaving from New York City. Right. And you're in a totally different culture and you've got a totally different set of possibilities because you made that one degree shift and then let it play out over time. I love that idea. And it's really great when I teach mindfulness because people want to, you know, feel like I'm calm all the time and I never get upset. (laughs) Or I'm meditating. Great. I've done it. I'm meditating half an hour every day. And it's like, oh, just do two minutes. Just do two minutes. Exactly. A couple of times. Like just, yeah. And so it's like, can we make a one degree shift and then play it out over time? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I have started when I teach mindfulness now, I start with the micro exercise of the dot B little 15 second pause, feel your feet, feel your breathing, take a moment to be. Yeah. And then just do it five times a day, whatever. Yeah. And, and it's so cool in that first week when people have that assignment. They come back the next week and they're like, wow, that's really helping already. Yeah. And I started wanting to do the dot B on my own. I didn't need my partner to text me and suggest to do it. I just started wanting to do it on my own. Like, hmm. Yeah. And it's so accessible and so easy that it just then creates the conditions to want to do more. Yeah. So you're familiar with BJ Fogg, right? Yeah. Tiny Habits. Yeah. What do you know about him? Um, this is a professor at Stanford. Yeah, who sort of trademarked tiny habits. So he's all about the science of habit forming and um, breaking things down into sort of uh, that we we attribute a lot of our failure to make change to a personal failure of willpower when actually it's a process failure. So like there's some part of the process that we're not that is, that is not working, whether it's the way that we're asking ourselves to do this or the cue that's reminding us to do it or the follow through or the size of the thing we're asking ourselves to do. And that one of the things that we can shift or alter in order to make it more likely that we'll make the change that we wanna make is, is the size of the change we're making. So mm-hmm. that I feel like the example that people use a lot is like, don't tell yourself to go running today just tell yourself to put on your running shoes and clothes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like scale it down what is the smallest step toward what is the smallest step in the direction of achieving that thing that you can do reward yourself once you've done it Mm um with yeah and that Mm -hmm. and that if you consistently get good at that so it's like you you build that muscle and then it's easier to to take the next step right yeah, and when you once you've got your shoes on, you might find yourself going out for a run. Yeah, right. 
exactly so it's like yeah so so boil it down break it down make mm-hmm. it simple make it make it clear yeah and and reward or reinforce that that choice and so i recently after my last dental visit i want to be flossing more because i have some gum issues okay i put a little post-it note um, next to my mirror that just says floss so i do a little dance when i go into the bathroom no i'm just kidding <laughs> Uh, listeners at home, you missed Ted's fantastic <laughs> demonstration of the dance called the floss. Is it called the floss? The floss, floss? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do actually no. But for me, in my mind, it's like just pull the pull the floss out of the floss container. Just get a piece. Just get a piece. Yeah. Of course, if I do that, I'm going to floss my teeth. Right. But but it it feels simpler and like sweet. I did it. Yeah. And if you think, if you set out to floss your teeth, it's easy to be like, oh, I don't feel like flossing my teeth. But if you set out to just pull the floss out, it's like, well, mm-hmm. I can pull the floss out. Mm-hmm. You're sort of tricking yourself a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. But it, it's using that little, that little, um, the feeling of having a success and creating positive momentum and like, sweet, I'm in a good relationship with this. And so if it's with meditation, like, okay, you don't have to meditate for 20 minutes a day. Just sit somewhere and take three breaths yeah great and then if you like it keep going but you don't have to you know celebrate the three breaths great you did it cool you're good to go i mean this really works for me because i am not like i (laughs) i just like to feel good and this gives me more opportunity to feel good and i remember when i was a runner which it's been a while but i remember being like i am not concerned all about how fast I run. I don't care how fast I run. I don't care how long I run. Actually, I care that I get out and run. But I knew also that if I pushed myself, if I pushed myself to go faster through some sort of like American more is better, faster is better, mm-hmm. you know, like work ethic, um, that I wouldn't have a good time and it would be less likely that I'd go again. But if I don't push mm-hmm. myself and I like really focus on actually you can walk whenever you want and like the important like you've already done it you got out and you went running and eh, run for as long as you want or don't you know and then come back and then it's like if i've had a nice time doing that i'm not gonna fight it next time i i have a plan to go so it's like that really works for me some people are really motivated by competition by like competition with themselves or um competition with other people or they you know it's Mm -hmm. like they're on these like web like social media running logs where you can see what other people are doing and what routes they're doing and how fast they're doing it. And you want to show them that you can, you know, and I'm just like, not like that sort of competition pulls me completely out of the game. I'm like, forget it. I don't, yep. I'm, I'm yep. out, but uh, feeling really nice and good and supported like that really works for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I love that you do it with yourself, right? You support yourself because it's the same thing is true. I think we talked about this on the positive reinforcement episode, but the same thing is true with an animal. If you're training an animal, like, if you have that positive thing going, then they trust you yeah, and they like you and they want to come back and they want to do more of it. And you stop when they're ready to stop. Great. Okay. But you've got this engagement. And I think the same thing is totally true with ourselves. If we're trying to make change rather than beating ourselves into submission, it's just like, yeah, how can I support myself? How can I make this feel good? Like, how can this be joyful and fun? How can I make it feel good? Mm-hmm. 
what I one thing I've learned through being AD at best is like, oh, leadership is like writing emails and doing just the next step, just Mm. do the next step. And courage is just deciding not to quit. Like, (laughs) like, Mm. which it's like, just, it's really just, you just keep showing up for the next thing. Maybe I'm wrong about, I mean, well, I'm sure there's other ways to interpret that, but like, it was a thought that I had, which is like, oh, big things are just made up of small things. Right. You know, and when you look back at, wow, what we have accomplished this year or what we've made it through or how we did it, it, it feels so cliche, but it's like you climb a mountain one step at a time. And yeah, then after so all the steps, you, you look back and you have climbed, a, you have climbed a mountain. And uh, it, unless you have a helicopter. That you didn't climb it. That's true. Good point. Then you Good didn't, climb. you wound up at the top of it. Good point. Anyway. <laughs> I don't need to be picky about your metaphor. I think it's great. You're right. Well, you could wind up at the top through a, a helicopter. How high was the helicopter? The helicopter was as high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. To finish that first thought, the idea that like courage is just not quitting. It's like, listen, you don't need to be great at this and you don't need to be like, you don't need to feel like you have dogged determination. Just don't write the email that says you're quitting and keep showing up to the meeting. Mm. Like you're just going to keep showing up. And if you say that you're going to do something, then do it. And you don't have to like it and you don't have to feel courageous. Mm-hmm. Just stay in it and, and march forward, you know? Yep. Yep. And and because that's what I feel like was a, this year was a lot was like, oh God, this is hard. And well, just what's the next thing that needs to happen? Mm-hmm. Just do the, just do the thing. And you can drag your feet and you can not like it and you cannot feel courageous at all. And that, and you're still doing it. Yep. Even while you're feeling wrong the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is it's sort of like the opposite of don't sweat the small stuff. Hmm. Which is interesting because it's sort of like, no, the small stuff is all there is. You know, it's like there was oh, that I book see. that was written that was like, yeah, don't sweat right. the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. And I to- I actually totally believe in the, in, the, in the philosophy that I think that book is espousing, which is like, man, there's so many things we could get hung up on and you don't need to get hung up on any of them. But if we right. can switch from getting hung up on the small stuff to like loving the small stuff. Mm-hmm or reveling in it, or sort of like milking it for how it brings you joy, or noticing what is beautiful about it. It's like, no, sweat all of the small stuff, or don't sweat mm. it, but like, but get into it. Notice it, it. That's all yeah. there is. What's the big stuff? Like this is, it's it, all the big stuff is made of small things. Mm-hmm. So, so B, it's, it's like the strawberry. It's like, what's your strawberry? Right. <laughs> A few episodes ago, folks, for those of you wondering what that's a reference to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do we believe that? Like, are there big things? I mean, we're, we're speaking of the joy of small things, the joy of little things today. I, I mean, I guess I, you know, okay, it's my paradox paradox hat. Put that yeah. bad boy on. I, I do think there are big things, like momentous occasions or big projects or moments of like, oh, that was a turnaround moment. Like, can, I knew that was going to be big, and it was big. And yeah, right. Um, 
Well, it's funny. It's like having a, having a baby. Exactly. That's or a making, a, making a move or leaving a job or yeah. all the things that we do or leaving a relationship or starting a relationship or any of those things. They're big and they're made up of small things as well. I mean, like this is actually a great example because I remember after I decided to have a kid, that it's like, okay, so the way that I had a kid was like very logistical mm-hmm. <laughs> because it wasn't like, it, it wasn't the way a hetero couple who wants to have a kid just like stops preventing themselves from having a kid. Um, it's like for me as a single person or as an unpartnered person, it was like, okay, so there's pieces that I have to identify. There's like donor source of sperm, like uh, what the tests are that I need, what the information is, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, yeah, this big thing that's about to happen was made up of like emails and, you know, like that's what it was and scheduling and calendars and get doing the next thing. And there was a moment where, so this was actually interesting. Maybe it has some, maybe it has a, Maybe it's relevant. Is I dis- I made the decision, and I and, and de- deciding to pursue being a mom was that was big, and it took mm-hmm. a long time, and it mm-hmm. and it was it was a real process, and I and and it felt really good to reach a point where I was like, okay, I do want to do this, and then it was like a million little steps. It was just a million yep. little like, okay, well, make the next appointment. Okay, you're your numbers are good. So this means we can do it. Oh, COVID. So everything's closed. Well, so make the call when you think it might be open and see, mm-hmm. see if you can get another appointment and go in if it works and do the thing and call your donor and, you know, just like all the stuff. Um, and in the midst of all of those little logistical steps, I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. What am I doing? Is this even something that I want to, that I want to do? Mm. Like, because you can't hold the big, I found it hard to hold the, the big, to live in the big thing mm-hmm. and the small things at the same time. And I remember talking to my therapist about it and he was like, you know, the lady who decided to pursue this made that decision in a way that you can trust. You can trust her. So mm. unless you have new information, unless he's like, it doesn't sound like there's new information or a new it doesn't sound like suddenly you, you've had a 180 or you've recognized what is true that you don't actually want to do this or that you mm-hmm. have discovered some genetic uh, monstrosity that you're going to be destined to pass on to your kid to change your decision. He's like, if, if there's something like that, by all means, let's talk about it. But, you know, I think you can trust the person who set this in motion. And now we just mm. take steps. To, we just take steps toward it, mm. you know, and pay attention. If there's something about that decision doesn't, doesn't sit right with you by all means but like we can always if we live in the like should i do this big thing always going to be second second guessing mm-hmm. i don't know it was like an interesting moment for me where i was like mm-hmm. oh and it like really made me relax because it was like oh i can trust i can trust yeah, cool. the person i can trust that person who made that choice mm-hmm. and do you feel like as a result you've been able to enjoy the little steps along the way like when you're taking care of all these little details Totally. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I've loved it. I've loved it. That's so great. But, and it was also, but part of it was also that I didn't tie, 
my enjoyment of the little things to the success of the big thing. So like along the way, I could enjoy that I was trying. Oh, so now that's, that's, that sounds like a key insight right there. Yeah. That like it wasn't were... like, well, I will, I'll suspend my opinion about how this is going until I know if it works or not. It's like, no, I get to be trying now. Cool. And, and I'm, and I worked hard to get to the point where I wanted to be trying and now I'm trying and it didn't work a bunch of times and that's hard, you know, like that was sad, but, but I was just, I just could enjoy being where I was in the process. Right. And it's, yeah, like the sadness might not have been pleasurable, but it, this is kind of a weird thing to say, but like it wasn't pleasurable, but it was still enjoyable, right? Like in some sense, because I'm, you're, because I'm in it. Because I'm you're in, in it. Because you're in the process. And yeah. I want to be in it. And I and this is and this is what being in it feels like. So even the hope and the 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 cycles of hope and despair, which anybody out there who has loved somebody or been involved in a fertility process of your own, are, you are well acquainted with. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like I there. It's like this is this is the work I want to be doing. This is the right. this is the process I want to be in. And so, and so these are the feelings I will accept coming along with that. And I also want to say that my, my process was pretty free of anguish. It didn't last forever. And I, and I, I, I it was yeah. successful in pretty, in pretty short order. So I'm, I feel very, very lucky about that because there was no right. guarantee of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. And you brought in your mindset into the whole process so that yeah. made a difference for you. Yeah. And I was really aware of like this thing of like, oh, don't get your hopes up because, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, but you can, not being happy now doesn't mean you won't be sad later. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. well, I found I was pregnant and it was early. And there's a lot of people who are like, well, don't get your, don't get your hopes up. Hold it lightly, hold it lightly. And I'm like, yeah, but, but I'm still going to be really happy that it worked. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy that it worked now, mm -hmm. even if I lose it later. Yep. Love it. Because not being happy about this moment doesn't stop me from being sad later. If there's this like myth that if I, that I can somehow hedge my emotional response and I won't feel pain. If I don't feel, if I don't feel joy now, I'll have a less, less fall right. or something. I, I just don't buy it. Yeah, well, and that's that's like somehow the flip side or connected to the thing I think I've mentioned to you before, my little play on words with saying that I'm not looking to forward to the future anymore. When like I'm in, I'm currently I, enjoying the anticipation. Exactly, I'm already excited about this thing that's going to happen in the future, and if I enjoy my excitement now, cool. It's like yeah. I get all that excitement already. I get that, and even if the thing doesn't happen, I'll still I have still been excited. It. Yeah, I right. still had the fun of being excited. So yeah, right. Yeah, why not enjoy it? Yeah, That's and good. I think that that is there. It, it is the difference between. I know we might be a little bit off the map here, but like it is the difference between living in the future, like like I'm experiencing joy about a future outcome, is different than I'm experiencing than I'm enjoying this moment. Mm -hmm. So like, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, don't there's think different, I think there's a difference between like, I'm happy that I'm trying and I'm dead set on it working. Those two right. things are different. Right. So it's like, yes. I'm really happy that I'm right here. And that is actually not contingent on whether it works or not. 
Right. And I don't think it's so far off the map because of what we're talking about, because if the thing that we're paying attention to now is a small thing, that's part of the build towards the larger thing. It's like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this. Here we are. Enjoy this bit. This is the, this is a bit thing to enjoy. There was another thing that made me think about this topic that I don't remember if we talked about when we did our gratitude episode, attitude of gratitude a long time ago, but uh, it's this thing that my mom does. So my mom coaches people on sugar sensitivity and, and sugar addiction and changing their lives through that. And one of the things that the folks in her community of thousands <laughs> that they do together is that they offer affirmations to each other through what they call joy dots. Mm. And so a joy dot is like something little from your day that just lit you up for a moment. Oh, I think you have talked about this. Well, okay. I've heard you talk about it before, but I don't know if it was in a personal conversation or a podcast. Yeah. So it's this notion of, it's just a little tiny thing and you notice it and you appreciate it and you share it with somebody. Yeah. Like this brought me joy today. Uh, I got to place a puzzle piece in this new 2000 piece puzzle that I'm doing that was like the perfect combination of like four different colors. And I saw it in the box and I plucked it out and I put it in. And that little feeling for that moment was like, that's a joy dot. Just, yeah, it was great. And then you share it with somebody and then it's like, it magnifies. And it's so much humbler than a gratitude practice. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to name the things that I'm, or, or an affirmation of like, I'm going to, state something that I want to become. And it's just like, no, just what are the little tingles of, yeah. Or like, oh, please, sweet. That's great. What are the little things that show up? And just noting them. And in noting them, it's like feeding them, same thing, feeding them, taking that spirit or that delight and letting it wash more through the body and like, oh, okay. Yeah, like spending more time with it. Now it becomes my default because I'm just noticing. And as we've said before, you start noticing, you start looking for it. When you start looking for it, you see more of it. And then brings this whole positive cascade. Yeah. It's also a great name. Joy Dot. Joy Dot. I'm not sure why, but it's like. You know what it reminds me of is that those candy, the candies dots. mm -hmm. They're like brightly colored and little like. But ironically, it's just like 100% colored sugar, like diet sugar. With the, with the, with the, the, um, the little hard white, tiny. Uh, no, they come on a, spheres. it comes on a, no, it comes, not like sprinkles. It's like they come on a, on a sheet of paper and they're brightly oh, like colored. Oh, dots of acid. Well, no, but they're not acid. They're candy. I know, I know, I know, right. But you get like a whole strip of them. Yeah, you get a whole strip of them. Yeah, yeah, like five feet long with different colors and exactly. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. Yes, exactly. And you peel them off, right? You peel them off on your tongue. Yeah, I remember. Right, but not acid. But isn't like when people do LSD, don't they take dots of acid? A t- I want to. Say, I've never a done tab. a tab, but I, it is like a. I think it, there's like a. It's like a, on paper. Yeah. You put it on once again, exposing my lack of knowledge about drugs. <laughs> tab dot strip 
are some other words to give? <laughs> like a harvest. Do a they use a ticket, harvest? A ticket, ticket. of acid. <laughs> of acid. <laughs> a docket. I've got a my docket of acid over there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. A stem. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, okay, well, so here's my question: mm, How does the joy time. of little things? How does the joy of little things show up in improv? Oh my god, that's all there is. <laughs> that's all there is. There's no big things. L- allow me to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little um, confused at this point. It's like, I think new players, it feels like it's a not, it's like a, a, oh, I'm not going to be careful with my language here. So I'm just going to say it, how I'm thinking about it. It's like a rookie mistake. It's like a rookie move to be like, oh, I know what this scene is going to be about. It's like big thing, bolder sized Mm -hmm. thoughts of like, go on and be like, oh, I get it. This will be good. I'm going to be the grandpa and I'm actually going to be, I'm going to reveal that I'm actually a woman and I'm going to go on and the grandson is going to have an issue and we're going to do, and it's because it's a secret that he finds in the attic. Okay, we'll go do that. Um, and that feels like a big, that feels like a whole scene, right? Right. And, right. and truly, I think the more you practice improv, the more you realize that it's like, you break it down to the tiniest things and you have no guarantee about what the big thing is. The mm-hmm. only thing to play is small things. Mm-hmm. It's like in the kind of improv I do. Good. There's there, there right, are lots of different types. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And for me, like the the more attention you give to the small details of a scene, the 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 richer and more delightful it is. And this is yeah. a lesson I have to learn over and over and over again because it's so easy to miss all of the details that I could be defining about it, about a world or a scene or a place or a person, a relationship, a location, whatever it is. Um it's so easy to, to miss the opportunities to spend time with those little things. Right. But the more you do, it's, it's like a, it feels, it almost feels like a, like a, one of those magic eye paintings. Right. I was going to call it a seeing eye puzzle, but I think that I'm like, I'm putting seeing eye dog with anyway, <laughs> the magic eye painting uh, where you like look at it and then something emerges out of it. Right. You know, like a, like a, an image yeah. emerges out of the chaos and i think it looks that, like a kaleidoscope image but if you soften your gaze all of a sudden there's a it's german like shepherd playing playing poker yeah and it and it it really feels like it it sort of shows itself to you it like right you don't have to look for it mm-hmm. and you can't make it happen if you focus too hard on it it's mm-hmm. not going to work so you have to sort of soften your gaze and with improv the the equivalent of like what that painting is, is details. It's mm. like play small things. Notice little notice a little expression that my partner is making. Notice how mm-hmm. they walked in the room and what that says about like whether they're comfortable here or not. I don't know what the story is, but I know that that, that person walked in with smaller steps than, than they usually take, which means probably they're timid about something. Or I mm-hmm. say like I say what well, we can see out the window or whatever. And if you if you spend enough time on the little bits. In improv, the scene emerges. It's like it shows mm-hmm. itself to you. Cool. I know as both as a player and as an audience member that I absolutely love it when somebody reacts, responds, when another player responds to something small and really has a, like, has an, it affects them. Yeah. And so, like, 
that little thing having an impact is like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Now we're into it. Now I feel like I'm invested. And all of a sudden it starts to unfold because there was this little thing that had a big impact. Uh So I, I don't know why that's so delightful, but it is. So like you were saying about noticing somebody's small steps, if you either say something about it or make an interpretation based on that, and as an audience member, I've seen that as well, like, oh, we were both in on that. We both noticed that. Yeah. And, and it's I, the magic is like, oh, that could have been nothing. Exactly. And and I think that's like the journey of an improviser is to let go of the big things because you don't know the big thing until you've done the small things. Right. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know the big things until you've done the small things. And I think that, so then the, the, the ooh moment I just had is like maybe that's sort of what enlightenment is it's like we just like small thing our way to enlightenment like we mm-hmm. we know smaller and smaller pieces of existence and we we love smaller and smaller pieces of existence and it's like oh my god it's all love oh wow you know mm-hmm. and as improvisers mm-hmm. like our job is just to like get more and more and more and more and more granular say yes to smaller and smaller offers Mm-hmm. and then it's like oh oh and then it's effortless yeah. we're just yes it's just yes is the it's, it's all yes mm-hmm. yeah wow it's almost mystical i think it is i mean this is yeah. where this is where like improv is spiritual practice sort of i think it the right. the, the line between the two things becomes thin. you reminded me not with the mysticism part but it's somewhat related of the Sometimes I'll play an improv game, a warm-up. I call it French telephone <laughs> or metamorphic circle or whatever, where somebody makes a move and a, and a gesture, and then the next person in the circle repeats the move and the gesture as faithfully as they can. Of course, they're going to add something small that they didn't realize they were going to add, but the next or, person then or tries Or leave to, something out or their or tone of voice out, right. will be different or whatever, yeah. The next person then tries to imitate that person. And when somebody inadvertently adds a little tweak or a little shift and the next person nails it it's delightful delightful. because like you saw what was really true yeah you participate in what's really true and you've honored it and like okay it was just that tiny little curl of the lip and you got the curl of the lip when you repeated it and it's like Oh yes, thank you, thank you. Yeah, what like why is it what that's interesting? Why is that so satisfying? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's partly because it speaks to the um to the skill or the precision or the exquisiteness or the refinement of the, the improviser who notices or the mindfulness practitioner who notices. So does that mean it's it's purely an appreciation of skill? Uh, that's a big component of it for me, but no, it's not the only thing. You're right. There's something else there, which. There's like a recognition as an improviser, as an improviser, you recognize that it would be easy to miss that. And so there's like an appreciation of the skill that it takes to do it. But, but I think even to an untrained, Mm -hmm. to somebody who is not aware of what the skill is, I think probably it would still be satisfying. I think so too. Yeah. There's a general a general appreciation for affirmation. I think it's the, what we were just saying, this is the mystical part, which is when people are saying yes at that level, it somehow affirms some, 
connection that we have, right? I think it is. I think it's like, it's like communal, like it becomes Mm -hmm. a communal experience because I saw that too, but I didn't know what it meant. And now you've made it mean something, but we were all in on what that, what we were all Mm -hmm. in on the, on the small thing. Right. So it's like, we all got to take part in it rather than, um, clever improvisers who come up with great ideas that happen inside their head and then they put it out there and it's like well I can have appreciation for your great idea but I didn't see I didn't discover it with you right yeah and then we got there just by the little journey like oh then we're now all getting to take part in that wow we got here by going from there to that step to that step to that step yeah it's like we all got to discover it together Mm -hmm. we all got to discover it together Mm -hmm. so there's something that's like yeah it's an intimate joy to do that. Yeah. And not, not intimate as in sexual, just intimate as in intimate. close. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that and you makes have sense. To, you know, and it takes trust to do that as an improviser, I think, right? To like mm-hmm. really, really spend more time on, on the moment that's outside of you than the ideas that are inside of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. I like that answer. I think that's a good place to end. Hmm. Sure. Seems right to me. Yeah. If we end on the beauty and power of going micro, 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 and, and all that's left is yes, that's pretty good. Yeah. Or all that's left is love. All that's left is love. That's, uh, we've just outlined uh, the monster baby worldview. Yeah. Easier said than done, but a really nice aspiration. And we'll just take little steps to get there. Yeah. What's the what's the loving thing I can do next? This little one. All right. Yeah. So let's close it. Let's close it out. We can. All uh, right. That's a good good place to stop. It's a delight yeah. to talk with you as always. Totally. And, I suspect. Uh, well, yeah. I suspect that this will be. I don't know. It might it might be a while. Could be a while. So yeah, listeners, thank you for listening in. Uh, feel free to send. Lisa, a uh, note of support on the Monster Baby Facebook page, or if you want to send it to info at monsterbabypodcast.com. That'll do the trick as well. And uh, But you can just send the thoughts and and well wishes through the air, through the ether. That's right. I'll get them. I'm, I'm confident she'll receive them. That's right. But uh, so glad you're with us. And yeah, we'll get back to you. We'll, we'll get back to you. We're on our way. But uh, she got some other things to attend to first, so we'll see. We'll see when we get there. Yeah. But Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. Ciao. All right, there it is, folks. Episode number 91, The Joy of Little Things. I mm. uh, hope there was a little nugget in there that brought you some joy. Yeah, just some tiny uh, thing. Yeah, some tiny little thing. Anything standing out to you, Lisa Roland? Well, I just sort of like the idea that like maybe our job, or that part of our job is to like get better at loving little things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... And that that marches our that like works our, that helps us work our way to the big things. That's kind of nice. I like the little image you got to at the end there of like if you get smaller, more granular, more granular, more granular, 
eventually like, well, what's left behind? That, that thing that's left behind is yes or love and those somehow go together. And, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I'm still sitting with that one. That's kind of, I'm going to let that resonate for a while. Mm. So thanks for that image. Yeah. Thanks for the topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Glad to, glad to come up with it. Thanks um, you, to mom for joy dots. Yeah. You got, you got anything to share with the people? Well, the classes that I'm teaching are kind of already in motion, so a little late to join, but um, come to playfulmindfulness.info, see what's up, order the book that's based on our podcast, uh, and then um, if you're interested in taking a class called The Right to Speak, Finding and Freeing Your Natural Voice, you can go to Stanford Continuing Studies and uh, sign up there, and if that class fills up, I might teach another section myself independently, so keep an eye out, but uh, we'll keep you posted. Great. Awesome. How about you? Anything coming up for you? Uh, I'll let you know when there's a baby. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, stay tuned on the Facebook page. We will make an announcement there as soon as Lisa's ready to make an announcement. She'll announce it. But yeah, I suspect it won't be long after the event. I cannot say. Cannot say. Cannot say, will not say. I'll have to. I cannot say. I will have to approach the moment as it comes. We'll see what that feels right. Totally apropos. I waited a very long time to announce on Facebook that I was pregnant. Okay. So you might hear from us in June whether or not Lisa's had a baby. That's right. I think it will not be a whether or not. I think it will be a uh, who is it <laughs> and what name do they have? My God, if by June I haven't had one, I just that we're then we're in a horror movie. <laughs> and that will be interesting in itself. So yeah, we'll see what we get to. It's true. So, all right. Thanks again for joining us, people. We love you. So delighted to have you with us. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Enjoy your time. Adios. Bye.